Alright, so all got <laughs> Dude, your face in the camera. I was so ready to just like run with it and you're like I can tell you weren't even gonna hold it. Alright, alright, alright. Got the giggles out. Got the giggles out. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Team Raw Podcast, where we do our three favorite things. Talk a little booze, a little bit of beer, and a whole lot of basketball. Ian the Tall Guy, back with you again for episode number 52. 52 of these things, and we are so happy to still be here with you guys. We have hit the meat of boring basketball season, and so we're just trying to figure out what to talk about these days. Yeah, as a basketball uh, podcaster, I guess, we, we run into a bit of an issue, which is called right now, which is there's nothing happening. And so when it comes up to when it comes to coming up with content, we're sitting here twiddling our thumbs being like, well, the NBA is giving us absolutely nothing to talk about. So actually, we have to come up with stuff on our own, which is new and fun yeah not a lot outside of like the ben simmons drama and of course the biggest off-season acquisition of the entire off-season that just happened an hour ago you remember taco fall it's raining tacos taco <laughs> fall has signed with the cleveland cavaliers everyone the Cavs are just they're either gonna have point guards or centers and that's it that's how they're gonna roll next year it's gonna be super fun taco 2024 that's all i can say <laughs> <For> president <laughs> i'll vote for him but yes, so Taco Fall signing with the Cavaliers, I guess, is the biggest move of the week so far. Which it is. That's just where showed, we're at. Just shows how sad of boringness that we are in in the NBA. That being said, we are not going to be boring today. We have a fire podcast coming up. Of course, because every podcast is fire, and we got to keep the streak alive. And so, what we are talking about today is some of the greatest records in the history of basketball. And we are we came up with like a bunch of them because there's some great ones out there. We came up with like our top 10 most unbreakable records. And what we're going to do tonight is Ethan has his list. and I have my list of the guys in the NBA that we think have a chance of beating these records. Yeah. So basically, we came up with our 10 top 10 most unbreakable NBA records and we're going to break them. And we're gonna break them, even though they're unbreakable. We made there's we, the we fun the part. ones that are impossible to break, and we're gonna find a way to break them. Or by by that, we're gonna pick a player currently in the NBA that we think has the best chance to break these unbreakable records. I'm not gonna guarantee that they're gonna do it, but I would say in my mind or in Mitch's mind, these are the guys that we think have the best chance of beating these records. Yes, exactly. And before we get to all of that, I'm gonna jump right into the beer that we're drinking tonight. Let's show it to the, the fans on YouTube. This is Sierra Nevada Hazy Little Thing IPA. And it's a good one, actually. Yeah. We'll get into taste later, but I'm, I'm usually not a big IPA guy, but this is really good. Now, let's like go into the history a little bit of this brewery. It's a very popular one, as you may know if you are a beer drinker, because they have a lot of good ones that are in stores all the time. And here's kind of like their background of how they got there. It all started with a guy by the name of Ken Grossman. Now, in 1969, Ken Grossman bought his first home brewing kit, and he hid it from his mom because he was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> and that is how deep we are going in with this guy. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so he was a, a youth drinker. He drank illegally. Could you, ima could you imagine, Ethan? Youths. Youths. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as he got older, 
he loved traveling to the Sierra Nevada mountains where he would go and spend like like a week to like multiple weeks as a teenager camping up there. Sure, just getting super drunk every night. Yeah, you know, his home brew his, his, with his home brew with his friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, he ended up moving to Chico, California in 1972. He actually was teaching classes of how to do home brews. And he started getting more popular within the area. Real, real quick though, imagine being like a guy going like, "Oh, I'm gonna go to like a home brew class. That's fun." And you walk in and it's like a 17 year old. It's, it's like a guy who like can't even drink it. <laughs> You're just like, wait, how do what? you know? <laughs> okay, um, he drove all the way up to Yakima, Washington, to get all of like the hops that he uses for his thing. And in 1978 homebrewing was legalized wasn't even a legal thing he was doing all sorts of illegal shit out there as a teenager i love the energy i love i love you ken grossman um anyways the homebrewing gets legalized he then started making his own batches he then finally started his own brewery and then it started growing and growing and like by the year 1994 every year for the last like five years it had grown 50 percent every single year so the for the, you you business folk that's good that's a lot it's a lot of growth percentage. I'm not a businessman, but I know it's good, <laughs> but either. I know it's good. Anyways, this guy pretty much turned his home brewing passion as a kid into one of the biggest breweries in all of America. Yeah. And, and we can break down taste a little bit later, but this is one of my favorite IPAs like mm -hmm. out there just because it is got everything that I look for in an IPA. And again, we can break down taste a little bit later, but that is super cool to have a guy just kind of like take a passion from a young age and just kind of follow it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's super cool. Great story. And it's kind of a local thing for you. California. Yeah, I know being from, Cal Northern yeah, California, being from but... California, NorCal and SoCal are very different places. That being said, yes, it, it is a California brew. It's, it's a, uh, it's, it's one that's kind of, been nationalized where it's like all over the whole country but definitely you can find these in stores all over california like all the time this yeah. one is like you know if you can find it in texas that's great and i always pick it up when i can just because whenever i see it i'm like that's a that's a solid beer and i'm gonna i'm gonna like it yeah they're all over the place you can buy them anywhere in america and that's how you know what a good beer is yeah absolutely. <laughs> if you can buy it anywhere yeah Let's uh let's start getting into these unbreakable records and see if we can come up with someone that's gonna break them. All right. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out the first one here. And again, we have 10. Um, so the first one of the 10 that we're gonna do is back in the 1987-88 season, Michael Jordan did something that has never been done before. And Michael Jordan did a lot of things that no one had ever done and hasn't done since. Yeah. But this year he did something incredible. And he won defensive player of the year which mm -hmm. for Michael Jordan was pretty cool. Yeah. He won MVP, which for Michael Jordan was pretty meh because he does it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and he won the scoring title all in the same year. Which for Michael Jordan was super meh. Because he did it 10 times. Did it a lot. <laughs> so winning all those three awards in the same year has never been done before and has never been done since. He yeah. averaged 35 points a game that year while winning, while winning MVP and while winning the best defender in the entire league. That is so much energy being exerted on both ends of the floor to put up 35 a game and also be like the best defender in the entire NBA. Like that guy has got to have like a nonstop like battery. Yeah. His like just ability to give it, give it his all at all times was unprecedented at that point. Yeah. Like imagine if Russell Westbrook had talent, that's what Jordan was. 
Oh my god. Yes. Wow. We yes. went there. Right into it. We went there. All right. So do you want you say you're a guy first? All right, all right. So the guy that I have currently in the NBA who I think might and might is about as stretch as it gets, because again, this is one of the most unbreakable NBA stats that we could come up with. I have Giannis. Yes. He's won MVP and DPOY before. Mm-hmm. Now all he's got to do is lead the league. Now all he's got to do, the easiest thing, all he's got to do, do, do is do it again and lead the league in scoring. That's, that's all he's got to do. That's all he has to do. I mean, come I mean, on, come man. On, you slacker. Yeah. Why don't you try next year, huh? Okay. That's fair. So I actually, I assumed that that's who you were going to pick. Oh, really? I did. I Because I would make... I think Giannis is the obvious choice. For me, Giannis is the obvious choice. I think choice. a lot of people would immediately be like, all right, Giannis is the obvious choice here. So I wanted to deep dive a little bit. I want to be like, okay, who's a guy that has a re- that's not Giannis that has a realistic chance of getting a defensive player of the year, of getting an MVP, and of getting a scoring title? Maybe not even all together, but like has the chance of doing all three of those things. And I could only think of one other guy, and that's Joel Embiid. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good pick. Yeah. That's a good pick because he definitely has the metrics to be a good defender. He is a good defender, but he has the metrics to be a DPOY kind of guy. Yeah. He could definitely, if he just goes off one year, lead the league in scoring. And he's the type of guy as a big man in today's NBA, if you lead the league in scoring as a big man in the NBA, you're kind of almost guaranteed MVP. Yeah. I mean, he came in second last year and there's a good argument to be made that he would have won MVP if he didn't get hurt for 30 games. Yeah. You can make the argument that he is the most gifted and talented player in the NBA. He's just got to put it all together and stay healthy. Yeah. Staying healthy. That's a, that's a big thing for him. But yeah, that was kind of my, I wanted to like dive a little deeper than the Giannis thing, because to me, Giannis is the obvious choice of like a guy that actually has a chance at this. And, it's, I mean, it's kind of crazy that LeBron never actually got there because he never got the DPOY. And I'm not sure if he actually had a scoring title either. We were looking up the list earlier, and I don't think he ever had a scoring title. I actually don't think he did. Yeah. Um, I, I He was probably, you know, in the top three, four, several times. All, like all, every year. Like every yeah. year. But I don't think he actually ever broke through and led the league. Yeah, but I, I like your Embiid pick. I love my Giannis pick because the guy is still young. Yeah, the guy still has a chance. Both of our guys are still young, but Giannis has done the MVP, done the DPOY. He's done them both. Now all he's got to do is put it all together and lead the league in scoring. That's all you got to do. Come on, man, stop slack. Sla- the fact that I'm here. saying that, the fact that I'm saying that is like something that's like easy to do, makes me feel like dirty and like that's going to be this entire podcast. Yeah. So, so just get used to it. All right. Well, <laughs> so that so that's the first one. The yep. first the first one we had Michael Jordan like I said in 1987-1988 winning DPOI MVP in the scoring title I have Giannis you have Embiid. Let's move on to I think I think a little bit of a fun one. And All right. This is a this was a real deep dive one that we put together. Back in the 1947-1948 season a guy by the name of Giff Rowe, I think I'm saying that guy, right? G I F F is his first name Giff and then Rowe, R O U X. He did something that no one has ever done before and no one has done since. Well, some some people say gifts, some people say gifs, you know. <laughs> Regardless, he did something incredible. Yes, he did. He went 0 for 20 from the free throw line in a game. He was currently playing for the St. Louis Bombers that year. And he was, was sent to the line for 20 different free throws. And missed them all. <laughs> uh, the old, oh, for 20. Man, do I miss the days at the St. Louis Bombers. Good, The good times of the NBA. Back in the good right? old days Back during like World War II. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so 
when I was thinking about this, one one part of this is yes, they have to be a horrible free throw shooter, right? Like you're not gonna like most guys in the NBA at this point are at least like seventy percent free throw shooters. I think around average is probably in the mid to low seventies. Yeah. And then the other part of it is who's a guy that can actually get to the line 20 times. So I have a bit of a caveat to my answer. My answer is Andre Drummond and Joel Embiid has to be hurt and Drummond is starting (laughs) and he's going to get to the line 20 times. And I I don't know if you know this, but he is all time the second worst free throw percentage ever. Really? Do do you have the percentage in front of you? Yes. He shot 40. He's shooting 47%. For his career from the free throw line. So on average, he misses. Yes. You on, have a 50 a- <laughs> 50 chance of missing or making it. On average, he misses. Yeah. He has a worse percentage than a coin flip. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah. And so, again, a, a caveat he has to be starting. Yes. Yeah, so, but yes. He that, needs that, to get the minutes for it. That's actually conceivable because, like, I mean, if I'm a team, I'm hacking the crap out of him. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Oh, big time. I, I have um, a guy that we talked about actually earlier in the podcast. I have Ben Simmons. Yeah. As a guy who could easily go to the line mm-hmm. um, 20 times in a game. That being said, he, he's going to have to, you know, he shoots a little bit better than a coin flip. Yeah. Not by much, but he does. Um, and uh, I I mean, on an off night, or maybe for him an odd night, he'll miss them all. I'll be honest. I think that Ben Simmons specifically has to be in the playoffs to go <laughs> 0 for 20 from the free throw line. I think he'd be totally fine if it was like a regular season game against like the Kings or something like that he might be playing for next year but if it was the playoffs oh he would choke all 20 for sure but yes uh yeah <laughs> and simmons <laughs> might go over 20 andre drummond might go over 20 but gif Rowe did go over 20 and shout out to you gif Rowe. shout out to you gif Rowe, if you're still alive Rue, and listening Rowe, to the old whatever podcast your name is, but <laughs> i hope in the next game you at least made one that's all i that's all i have to say you might have just been <laughs> cut just cut all together. It's like, we can't have this guy on imagine, team. imagine walking back to the bench at the end of the game. I, I don't know whether they won or lost the game. Oh, I tried to find I, it. I read this. Okay, they lost by three. They did? They lost by three. So I tried to find the score. Yeah. I couldn't find it. But uh, So apparently they lost. Imagine walking into the locker room or back to the bench after missing your 20th straight free throw and your teammates just looking at you being like, <laughs> dude. Just staring at you. Dude. Like, you couldn't make three of them. Dude. Come on, Come on, man. man. <laughs> I felt like Monday Night Football with Randy Moss. Come on, man. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our third most, and and, and these are in no particular order. I'm, I didn't say at the beginning, but these are in no particular order. So there's not like a there's rhyme no, or reason yeah. to why I'm going about these. But the next, the next unbreakable record that we have is a guy by the name of Scott Skiles. He was playing for the Orlando Magic. And on December 30th, 1990, he did something absolutely incredible his team was suiting up to play the denver nuggets and he was like an okay point guard he ended up actually being the coach of the magic later in his career but he was all right nothing crazy but that night he was on and he'd be diamond and he had 30 again i say 30 assists in a game three zero not one three that's a lot 30 assists. Yeah, that is a crazy amount of assists. Yeah, Scott Skiles also came back. I mean, he was kind of, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the um, Penny and Shaq uh, 30 for 30, but Scott Skiles was like the one old guy left on the team. And he was like, no, we're going to play my way. And Penny and Shaq are like, no, we're going to play our way. And so Scott was like the last of that regime. He also got to turn out to coach for them. So 
good little career for Scott Skiles, but he, yeah, he was an amazing point guard, like very, very smart, very, very tough guy, but 30 assists is wild. Yeah. Right. He was good, but he was never like considered great. great. And so the fact that he has the record for most assists in a game is incredible. Also like on average players shoot around 50% from the field is good. So that means he probably set up, you know, way more than 30 players with a chance to make a bucket that night. I mean, yeah, I'm sure players helped him out and made shots that, you know, probably could be, you need help to get to 30 assists. Yeah. People ought to make shots. <laughs> People do have People to make, have to make shots. shots to get to 30 assists. So it's not just him. That being said, he probably set up between 45 and 60. He had to scoring have. opportunities. And I'm going to go a little random, but I have to shout out the record for the most assists in a quarter is by trailblazer Steve Blake, and it was 11 assists in one quarter, and I played basketball with that guy, and I had to shout that out to give myself credit. So yay, Steve Blake. Anyways, who's your guy for this? So I went with the homer pick here, but I don't think it's that big of a homer. I have Luca being able to put out 30 assists in a game. Ooh. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I, I think that's a fair assessment. The guy, the guy puts up mad stats. The guy has a, you know, is just dishing out 20 point or 20 assist games kind of not on the regular but definitely like several times a season and so every once in a while Mm -hmm. i'm sure there'll be i think he might get the opportunity and a bunch of players make shots and he could get to the 30 range now i will say lucas teammates have to make the shots which is is, generally the issue with the mavericks (laughs) but imagine imagine if all the stars align and he does what he normally does and sets up his teammates with great opportunities and they actually make and wide open they shots. actually make all the shots imagine just the stars align then he'll probably have 40 assists <laughs> Luca with the first 50 assist game <laughs> of all time okay so that's a good one that luca is honest luca's honestly probably the best one for it i have ben simmons no yeah ben, ben simmons ben simmons just a reoccurring figure in this podcast yeah. so far ben simmons um i I think that Ben Simmons gets traded to a really crappy team, not one of the three California teams that he asked for, which I don't know if he forgot, but there's four teams in California. Do you think he's, I think he might've forgotten the Lakers. Yeah. He probably doesn't want to play for the Lakers. Not an opportunity. Couldn't have forgotten about the Kings. No, he could not have forgotten the powerhouse powerhouse that is the Kings. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I think that he'll end up getting traded, and I think he'll go to, like, the Spurs or the Kings or something like that, like some sort of, like, bad team, and I think he's going to have crazy stats, and he's certainly not going to be shooting the ball. So he's going to have a game where he gets a wild amount of assists, and boom, Ben Simmons breaks the record. Wow. Yep. We're having a heck of a 2021-2022 NBA season so oh, far. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tons, so tons of unbreakable records Giannis broken. and Embiid both won DPOY MVP in the scoring title. They just split it in this year. year. <laughs> they tied. In all of those categories, they tied. <laughs> ben Simmons and Andre Drummond both go 0 for 20 at the free throw line. Meanwhile, Ben Simmons also dished out 30 assists, maybe in the same game. We don't know. <laughs> And that game, he happened to be playing Luca, who also dished out 30 assists. Yeah, they're playing each other in that game. It was it was a it was a wild game. Just absolute anarchy so far has <laughs> taken over the NBA. So next what's year. our next category? All right, our here. next category. Um, this one this one's a fun one. This one's a fun one. Um, we have a uh, probably in my opinion might be one of the wildest stats that we have today, and that is Clay Thompson. He did something incredible. He sat out two seasons. First off, he played a game on my birthday, December 5th. Oh, really? In 2016, 
he scored 60 points in three quarters. But that's not the coolest part of it. He scored 60 points in three quarters, only dribbling the ball 11 times. Yeah. That is that is a deep dive is, stat. It is a deep dive stat. That wild. That's for all the analytics fans out there. That is the, the, the ball, deep dive stat. He had the ball for less than in his hands for less than ninety seconds. Like if you added up the the time the ball was in his hands the whole game, it was less than ninety seconds. He scored sixty points in three quarters, dribbling the ball eleven times. Imagine being so good at shooting that you don't even have to create for yourself. As soon as you touch the ball, you're just like, I'm shooting it. You're not gonna block it, and it's probably just gonna go in. Just wild. Do you know who it was against? It was against the Pacers. It was against the Pacers? I thought it was against the Kings. Nope, it was against the Pacers. Pacers. No, he had the 37-point quarter, Ah, which will come up again later. Not not in our list, but we have another, like, honorable mentions uh, of, like, records, and that's in that. But, yes, he did that against the Kings. That is, I mean, that is just absolutely wild to be able to do that. So... When we're talking about like guys that could potentially do this, first of all, it can't be a guy that dribbles, right? It cannot be a guy that dribbles very much at all. Yeah. And so like, you know, obviously being a Blazer fan, I was like, oh, well maybe CJ, like he goes like on fire sometimes. Like, nah, that dude loves to dribble. Like no way that he's going to be able to get that. So it's got to be like some sort of dude that shoots a high clip that loves to shoot the ball and can catch absolutely on fire without ever dribbling it. And I think I nailed this one. Who you got? Duncan Robinson. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's a good one. My division three I did not, boy. I did not think of Duncan Robinson. That is a very good one. <laughs> yeah, Duncan that Robinson, a- because he never he never dribbles. He's always just coming off of like screens and stuff. And every time he touches the ball, he's just jacking it up. Yeah, it's one of those things. Where it's like, does the guy know how to dribble? Yeah, well, he, we don't he, know. He, he knows, knows it's not a strength. <laughs> yeah. He knows it's not a strength. He does not. How do you make it to it. the NBA without having a handle? Is wild to me, but he might have done it. <laughs> um, yeah, that that is a great pick. And and honestly, you didn't steal mine because I I have who I have. But I I think your pick's better than mine. Oh, um, I thought of a couple of guys. Thank you. I thought of a couple of guys. Joe Harris was one that came to mind. But the guy kind of loves his little like side dribble. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Where he like that side pump fake yeah. side dribble. And, and I think that would throw him off. Yeah, that little pound. I also thought of right. uh, Dougie McBuckets, but I don't think he gets enough minutes mm-hmm. to get to 60 in three quarters uh, on 11 dribbles. I went with another homer pick. I feel a little weird because I, I hate being the homer, but I, I couldn't think of anyone else. I went with Tim Hardaway Jr. Honestly, which a guy is just. He, just, he he's going to shoot enough to get to 60 points. Whether or not he makes it is up to him. But he has the opportunity. And he doesn't necessarily like create for himself a lot. Ever. Like he like he actually does just do a lot of like spot up shooting. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where like he might dribble once or twice to get to his spot, but like for every time he dribbles, he shoots like three times per dribble. I feel like every time he's a catch and shoot, catch and shoot, catch and dribble shoot. Wait, what are you doing here? Don't yeah. do that. No, I, I think that that's a good one because Tim Hardaway is definitely because we're talking about like microwave guys and specifically microwave guys that aren't first options. Because, I mean, if you're a mic, if you're a microwave guy, that's a first option. That means you're pounding the ball it means off. you're dribbling. Yeah. yeah, it means you're dribbling. It's like, obviously, the guys you would want to pick here without the dribbles is like you're talking about your Steph Curry's. You're talking about your Durant's, your Devin Booker's, your Dames, whatever. But it's like this is a really weird specific stat that it's like you can't dribble the ball. Like you have to be a, a you have to be a secondary or tertiary scorer on your team. Yeah, and I'm sure some of you listening to this podcast are screaming right now, being like, "Why didn't you pick Clay?" Well, we thought it would lame would be lame to pick Clay to beat his own record. So. I'll be honest, I didn't even think about it. 
Did you not? I didn't even think about it. Really? I, the first He's name I was a- like, can I pick Clay? And I was like, that no, nah, Mitch isn't going to let that fly. No, you no. Clay's going to – I am not totally sure Clay's – this is gonna, a conversation for another day, but I'm not totally sure Clay's going to come back and be the same guy. I think that he might not come back and be the same guy defensively, but the guy – you don't need your legs to shoot, really. So he's still going to be a good shooter, but it does take a lot of like kind of like – burst and quick speed to like be running around screens but he spends a lot of time like running off ball and stuff and i think that that like he might be a little slower and people can keep up with him a little bit conversation for another day though i don't think that clay thompson will do this ever again all right i don't think anyone's gonna do this ever again let's be honest these are the unbreakable records list um let's do one more before we break down this uh the taste of this of this beer here and this one might be of the list that we have, this one might be the most unbreakable, unbreakable record because it took 14 years to complete. Mm. And from 1987 to 2001, AC Green played for multiple teams, did something that is incredible. He never missed a game. Yeah. Never missed a regular season game. He played in 1,192 consecutive games. That is 14 years without missing a game. So I think that that like the, this is called the Ironman stat and they have it across several, like all of the different sports. I think that what AC green did is the best of all of the Ironman stats. I mean, what were the, what were the years? Do you have the years again? He started playing. He started his streak in 1987 and didn't miss a game until 2001, 87 to 2001. He shouldn't have probably even been playing in 2001 at that point. All players don't even have a career 14 years, let alone not miss a game for 14 years. So fun little facts about uh, AC Green is first off, he's an Oregon kid born in Portland, went to Oregon State. And I've actually played in his uh, like he has a summer camp, like a summer basketball camp that he does every year. And AC Green wasn't like just like a scrub by any means. He was actually a starter on the Los Angeles Lakers that won a championship in the middle of this streak that he was doing. Like he was a very, very good basketball player and not just like some random dude. Yeah, I mean, not only, and that and that makes the streak all the more incredible. Like he wasn't just like because you also like can't get a coach decision. Do not play. Mm-hmm. like the coaches trusted him to play he didn't get hurt or i'm sure you get in 14 years you have to get hurt he played hurt yeah through a ton of stuff that being said it takes a little bit of luck yep but 14 years without missing a game is incredible you you mentioned the iron man stats yeah if you go through you know like other sports there's a couple of other guys that are like on that list like joe thomas in nfl played for the browns he played like ten thousand like straight snaps without yeah. missing or something like that but that was like for a re- like reference, that was like a 10-year streak. Yeah. This guy did 14 years without missing a game yeah. at all. That's crazy. That is incredible. Okay, so here, you go first. I think I went first last time. No, no, no. I I, I want to save my guy. You go. Okay. You go. Okay, so I did a little bit of research on this one. Okay. Um. So last year, Joe Ingles was like 360-something games, and it got broken because he got some sort of injury or whatever. So there's a new record holder. And I think this actually works well for potentially breaking this record because he's a young guy. And my guy is Mikhail Bridges. Ooh. The cur- okay. He is the current holder of the longest pl- games played streak. And that is 227 games, which is kind of crazy. Like, I didn't even know he's so played he's, 227 games. He's so what, young. A fourth of the way there? Yes. 
He's got a lot. I mean, but he's got a long career left ahead of him. I think that if anyone could do it, it would be it would it has to be young. You can't you, be like a superstar either because superstars get games off just for rest reasons. Yeah. So you've got to be like this, like you can't be like great, but you can't be terrible. You've got to be like that middle tier, which is Mikhail Bridges. Yes, exactly. So for all of those reasons, Mikhail Bridges, you my boy. <laughs> so he's not going to break it this year. My guy, he's not going to break it anytime soon. Because okay. my guy hasn't played an NBA game yet. Oh, really? I'm saying it's starting now and it's going till 14 years from now. Cade Cunningham, not missing a game. <laughs> he's going to start in Detroit and he's going to play 14 consecutive years without missing a game. Cade, I believe in you. Okay, here's my question about that. You just said that he has to be a rotation player. He, I never, a star. <laughs> we don't know that. He hasn't played yet. That's a good point. Kate, he's Kate gonna, he's gonna be a guy. bust and not miss a game for 14 years. Hot take. Killian Hayes turns out to be the star of the Pistons, and Kate <laughs> is just a is just like a rotation like role player for he's him. a role player who went number one overall yes pe the people in detroit hate him but he's gonna get traded somewhere else and he's not gonna <laughs> play it miss a game for 14 years mark my words i love it i think that's i guess a good 15 one. years because he's gotta beat it so there's <laughs> that <laughs> all right well i think all that's right. the first half of our list yes that is the first five again we did michael jordan winning dpoy mvp scoring title in the same year we did gif row missing 20 consecutive free throws in a game. We did Scott Skiles' 30 assists in a game. We did Clay Thompson 60 points on 11 dribbles. And then we did AC Green's 1192 consecutive games without missing. It's one of my favorite ones. That one, that one's a good one. That one's good. One. But let's take a break here. Let's talk about the Sierra Nevada. I know I need another beer. So if you'll pass one this way, um, we have a, a lot of taste to get into this. We should have done it at the same time. Oh, yeah. Mine, mine wasn't as smooth. ASMR. All right. So I'm going to take a, a little sippy here. I made sure to slurp so everyone could hear it. Um. So the thing about this IPA is I think like you might use that the same term, but it's like juicy. It's like it, it just it doesn't have the same amount of IBUs that other IPAs have, which the IBUs basically say like how hoppy it how it is and how hoppy it tastes and it doesn't taste all that crazy hoppy like all that bitterness that you get with ipas a lot of the time this just like goes down so smooth yeah um people like use the term soapiness when they describe hops a lot when it comes to like like someone who doesn't like know a lot about beer when they drink a very hoppy beer it like oh i'm it feels like i'm drinking soap because it's like super bitter and like super sudsy this one is you say it right. It's very juicy. And, and and when you be when you drink beer, you have two different like ways you can go. You can either go super hoppy or super juicy. And this one is definitely more on the juicy side. That being said, it's still an IPA and it still has some hops in it. Because if you go if you stray too far to one side, like juiciness or hoppiness, you get you don't get a lot of flavor. And this one definitely is more on the juicy side, but it definitely has a lot of flavor in it. Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, so I will say that I might be wrong here, but I get hints of like lemon. Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely get like some acidic fruit. Like I was going to say lemon or lime. I also could see like a little bit of grapefruit in there. It's just like very like um, tart. It's got like a, some tartness to it, but it also has like a very smooth, like it doesn't like make my lips pucker. 
Um, but it also just like tastes super smooth. Like it, it's very easy drinking for something that is as flavorful as it is. But again, it, it's got some like tart flavors to it without being like, or not tart, but it's got some like citrusy fruit flavors to it without being super tart. Yeah, that's what it says here. I'm looking on beeradvocate.com. Shout out to whoever you guys are. Uh, but yeah, the first thing that they say is um, the finishing hops usually have a citrus type of flavor to it. It also says something about El Dorado and Comet. So I don't know if these guys were stoned when they read when they drank this. You can taste Comet. You can, you can taste the Comet in it. Yeah, that, that can't be right. Yeah, no, that's what they're saying. All right, get a little well, little little unearthy flavor on it. I get some <laughs> meteoric rock. Do you get any extraterrestrial <laughs> in this? <laughs> imagine, imagine, imagine you're you're you know you're at you know the Sierra the Sierra Nevada brewery and you order a flight. And you're like, this tastes extraterrestrial. And the guy's like, what? He's like, what in the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know. I read it somewhere. I I'm sorry. I'm smart. sorry. I, I, I thought I tasted extraterrestrial. I actually taste El Dorado. My, my apologies, sir. <laughs> I taste El Dorado. Don't blame me. Blame I the taste beer the advocate. city of gold. <laughs> I taste the old, the old city of gold. <laughs> it tastes just like gold. Love that. Um, but yes, this is one of those that is generally just like a, a very smooth kind of IPA. Um, I know that sometimes we like to say like good for beginners, good for experts sort of thing. I think that this is one of those where it's like, if you don't, if, if you're trying to get into beers, this is a really good one to start learning on. Like if you are just getting into like drinking IPAs and stuff, this is a really good one because it's not going to like hit you in the face like a lot of these other really famous IPAs that like the beer snobs would say, oh, this is really good. But you drink it. You're like, yeah, no, it's delicious. I love that. Yeah, no, it's really good. This actually is a very good tasting beer that is an IPA. Yeah, you don't have to. You're not going to have to gut your way through this one. This mm -hmm. is definitely one that um, is super like easy drinking but it's also super flavorful drinking um it, like i said earlier you get a lot of the uh you get a lot of the citrus but it also has you know a, a not a decent amount of hops but it's got enough hops to like get you into the the ipa world i guess it introduces hops to you in a way that doesn't punch you in the face i guess is the best way to say it yeah no i uh, i totally agree um sierra nevada has lots of really good options i know they have a lager that's also very good um this ken grossman the one the stuff that he was making at the early part of his career was stouts which is what they're not famous for which is kind of funny but i would recommend sierra nevada to just about anyone and if you're willing to go and try an ipa and you're not really an ipa person give this one a go it's as a little citrus to it and it is not going to punch you in the face which is always a good quality in a beer yeah as far as hazies go it's a very good one um let's jump back into this list let's i have it. a couple we have five more that we want to get into here the next one would be a wilt chamberlain special and he was a reoccurring figure on our list here because the guy broke a lot of records and has set a lot of records that probably will never be broken yeah well when Ethan and I were talking about what records we wanted to use, I was almost saying like, well, can, can we like almost not even use the Wilt records? Because all of them just seem like way too unbreakable, right? Like they're just like, they're like stupid good. Yeah. It, like, uh, when it came to unbreakable, it was like, okay, well, those are the most, like these are the unbreakable of the unbreakable. Yeah. And so the first one that we're going to do here is on November 24th, 1960, in a game against the Celtics, Wilt Chamberlain brought down a 
NBA record 55 rebounds. That's it? 50. Uh, there are games where teams don't even get 55 rebounds. A lot of games where teams yeah. don't get 55. More often now than, let's say, like the 90s or in the early 2000s because there's a lot of shots being taken. So if there was an opportunity to go and get 55 rebounds, this era is actually not a bad era for it. Yeah, you just have to come up with a team that's missing on a given night, and then you can get 55 rebounds. Or because, you're missing. Or, you're getting or, a lot of offensive yeah. rebounds. Regardless. Sure it's a little bit of both. With the faster pace, there's more rebounds to be had. That being said, the fact that he got 55 rebounds back in 1960 when the pace was so much slower mm -hmm. is incredible. I mean, I'm would I i, I going to try to look up the box score real quick, but – um. I want to see how many other players got rebounds on his team. I'm willing to bet that Wilt Chamberlain had, let's say, 20 to 30 of those rebounds were him just like missing and just getting his own rebound, like almost like stat padding. So Wilt Chamberlain actually was very famous for his stat padding and like got a lot of crap for it. And they're like, oh, all you care about is like scoring and rebounds. And he spent an entire season just being like, no, I'm only going to get assists. And then he led the league at assists. He's the stat patter of all stat patters. Yeah. The, the, More he, than Russell Westbrook. He was incredible. Actually, so I, I pulled up the box score. There were 90 rebounds that his team got that game. He had 55 oh. of the 90 rebounds. Oh, wow. So there were a guy with seven, a guy with nine. So a guy had, you know, nine rebounds. And then a guy with seven, a couple guys with six. A uh, couple guys with two and a guy with three. So there was 90 rebounds had in that game. He had 55 of them. That guy was like elbowing Wilt in the ribs, like trying to get rebounds from his own team sort of thing. He <laughs> also like, had, I want one. He also had 34 points on 15 of 42 shooting. I know. What a scrub, right? That is wild. And this is before they took like offensive rebounds into consideration. Yeah. So they don't have the offensive versus defensive breakdown. Yeah. But yeah, he had 55 rebounds, which is just incredible who do you have as a guy that might break this in our record-breaking 2021 2022 nba season all right so here is here's my thought process here i i need a for him to be a really good rebounder b for him to be the only rebounder on his team because i don't want other people being able to come in and swipe up the rebounds from him and c be a team that is a high-paced high-volume shooting team I have Clint Capella. Ooh, that is a good one. Yeah, I got Clint Capella. That is so, a really good one. All right, so he led the league in rebounds per game last year at 14.3. Obviously, the Hawks are well known for having Trey Young as their star player. Lots of shooters. They love taking shots. And nobody outside of maybe John Collins is actually stealing rebounds from him throughout the course of the game. That is I think if anyone's got a pick. chance at 55 rebounds in the game, it is Clint the Switzerland guy, Capella. That is a great pick. Thank you. That is a very I good pick. I felt really and good I, about and that I, one. And I like your thought process there. And I, I had a similar one, and I actually wrote a name down. And I'm going to tell you, it's Andre Drummond, but that's not who I'm going with. I'm Ooh. pulling an audible here. All right. I had Andre Drummond. I don't love the fit there. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling audible. I'm going to go with James Wiseman. Whoa. Of the Golden State Warriors. I think he takes a big step this year. The Warriors shoot a ton of threes. They're going to miss a bunch of them. They're going to miss a bunch of them? <laughs> I don't love that. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to miss a bunch of them. And there's no one else on this team that really rebounds all that well. And I think that he's going to go in there and just gobble up a ton of rebounds. The thing I love most about that is the idea that the Warriors are missing like 
30 of those shots and Wiseman is running and grabbing a bunch of them. He's going to get some (laughs) offensive rebounds, but uh, they're also going to be playing like the Knicks on this game that that just don't shoot the three very well and are just going to clank a bunch of them as well. That's fair. And if you look at the starting five, I mean, Draymond might steal a couple, but there's no one else out there that's going to get rebounds. That is fair. That is fair. Draymond would be the, uh, I mean, Wiggins rebounds a little bit, but I like the pick. I like the pick quite a lot. I, I like it really better than Andre Drummond because the Andre Drummond is going to take the same thing that we had earlier where he, he might, Embiid's going to need to be hurt. Yes. Because well, Drummond is, Drummond is like a leading rebounder, I think three or four times in the, yeah. in the NBA. So the dude knows how to rebound the ball, but yes, he needs, you got to have the minutes. And I already, I already, had that caveat so thank you for going somewhere else i like the wiseman pick yeah I like it, it. It, it was a little bit it's of a, a last one, minute but. audible but that's that's who i'm going with all right so uh for wilt chamberlain's 55 rebound game you have clint capella i have james wiseman let's move on here to a yet another mj um record here and we kind of alluded to it earlier mj had 10 scoring titles 10 times in the NBA, he led the entire league in scoring. We were running down the list earlier, and James Harden, I think, is leading current players with three. Yeah. Well, Durant may have had three. I had this I had this list up a second ago, so you may have to stall until I get it. But, okay, so, so here... So, so James Harden had three. I think there was a couple guys with two, and I think Durant may have had three or four as well. Yeah. But regardless, no one's halfway there yet. Yeah, no one's even halfway. So... And and all those guys we're mentioning are older guys. So the idea here is you got to pick a younger guy because all the guys that are in their prime and or like, you know, past their prime right now are not getting there because they have to lead the league in scoring for at least six more seasons, which is absolutely incredible. And I, I want to throw this out there for like reference of how long Michael Jordan did this. So in like while he did this, the only two people that did not beat his scoring record were during the years that he was gone and it was David Robinson and Shaq. Well, the David Robinson was the year he was fully gone. Shaq was the year that he was only there half, like for half the season, the years before he started doing it, it was Dominique Wilkins and Bernard King. Wild. And then the years after he was gone, it was Iverson and Shaq. So he was the scoring title champ pretty much between Bernard King and Allen Iverson. Wow. What a way to put it. Yeah. So like wildly put. Absolutely. That is incredible. Yeah. So that this is this is a crazy stat. And this is one of the reasons that Jordan is probably going to go down as the goat for most people or for a lot of people. And like with the Jordan and LeBron debate, this is one of the big, big almost unattainable stats by anyone that Jordan has. Yeah. Leading the league in scoring one year is incredible. Leading the league in scoring Two years is incredible. Leading the league in scoring for a decade, unheard of. Wild. Unheard Absolutely of. Absolutely wild. So who do you have that's going to beat it? Okay, so I actually want you to go first on this one. Okay. I right. want you to go first, yeah. All right. I, gotta, so, I like my guy. So I have a guy who's a chucker. And, okay. and, 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 and unlike Jordan, I, I, I don't know if he's going to be a big winner. He showed this year that he might be able to, but I have Trey Young as a guy who's just going to chuck a bunch, score a bunch, and lead the league in scoring a lot of times. Totally. I I totally agree with that. Um, when I was considering all of the guys that I was considering, he was like at the top of my list. Because, yeah, the dude, the dude loves to shoot. And he loves to shoot from deep. He loves to shoot from everywhere. 
he is going to be a guy that I think is going to have like Harden type stats for a long time. And he's still very, very young. Yeah. If, if Harden wasn't on the nets and didn't have to take like, he took like a lesser individual role to help a team win. Harden would have been my pick. Yeah. Because he, you know, he has three of them. He's a third of the way there. Oh my God. Yeah. So he was a third of the way there, but he's not crazy old. He still has a ten. I mean, seven more to go. Seven more to go. (laughs) Regardless, he was he he showed that he could do it, and he had a chance, and he you know has a chance to do it more. But that being said, he went to the Nets. Is going to be playing on a like in a lesser like scoring role going forward. So I have James Harden light, which is Trey Young. All right. I personally don't believe that there is a player in the NBA right now that has a chance at this type at this record. Really? Yes. And so I'm going with a guy who is not in the NBA right now. He is going to be a freshman at the University of Memphis next year. Amodi Bates is going to break the decade-long scoring title record when he gets drafted to whoever team he gets drafted to next year because he is going to be the guy for whatever bad team that is. He's going to put up like 30 a game every season for 10 years. Amoni Bates. And Amoni Tom, Bates. And, and, and Professor Tom just ran through a brick wall yeah. <laughs> because he's so fired up because that guy loves Amoni Bates. He's and- a Detroit guy. And yeah, Damone Bates, a Detroit product, going to Memphis. Um, he is just a scoring machine in high school. And he's going to be a scoring machine in college bar a injury. People have been talking about this talent for years. And yeah. I'm talking like Amoni Bates has been a on like NBA scouts radar since he was like in middle school. Yeah, pretty much. And if you go and actually and so he is one of the guys that actually had an extra year left in high school, but then he reclassified to be in this next uh, or to go to college this year. And there's continued controversy where he's actually one month born too late, technically to join the NBA draft next year. So he is petitioning right now to try to get into the NBA via draft next year instead of two years because he's one month born too late. So he is so good that he's nine months like younger than everyone younger else. Than everyone actually else. a freshman, yeah. Or wait, 12, 11 months or I don't know. Something like he's, that. He's, 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 I mean, he's younger than everyone else. And yet he's so good that he's like, I want to go early. Yes. And if he does get classified, he'll get drafted next year. He's likely to be a top five pick. If he doesn't, then he's going to spend two years at the University of Memphis. And then definitely, definitely be a top and five And then definitely pick. be a top five, if not number one pick in the draft. This guy draft. is probably the biggest hype coming out as a recruit since Zion. Yeah. You and need- since, and before Zion was LeBron. So like Zion was super well hyped and, but this guy, Amoni Bates, game is very different. If you watch his tape, like he has just got NBA superstar written all over him. Like he has got crazy quick release, six foot 10. He's usually the point guard on all the teams he's been on growing up. So he's always the ball handler. This guy is going to be so good, but yeah, I, I think that it's almost too late for everyone that's in the NBA right now, unless either Trey or Zion start just racking up scoring titles. So I went with a random guy that is not in the NBA now, which is honestly, I think a solid pick. Like I I went with Trey just because, you know, he's probably got the best chance. He's on a team where he's going to be chucking it a lot right now. Um, Let's move on here. So I had Trey, you had Amoni Bates for MJ's 10, not 10 straight, but 10 scoring titles. 
Um, next is it, it's a fun one. We have Rashid Wallace in the 2000 2001 season had 41 technical fouls. Hail the Jailblazers, which is just he got a technical foul in half the games of the year. I remember I that was one of like the first years I remember watching basketball. Like I was old enough to like remember what you know, seeing the games and stuff. And Rashid Wallace was the king of getting technical fouls. That guy was so good at getting technical fouls. He got a technical foul when he didn't say anything one time. So again, you play 82 games. Half he got the a games. technical foul in 41 of them. <laughs> and they have that new rule now. So it'd be really hard to get to, to 41 because they have a the new rule now 17. You get suspended. Yeah, I what's think it's the, 16 or 17. You end up getting suspended. For like a game. For a game. And so then this you, guy, so whoever, if someone were to break it now, you'd have to get suspended like almost twice. Yeah, you have to get suspended a lot. So it, it's very unlikely that this one ever gets broken because generally everyone kind of butts up against the suspension line and then like you settle down. Like I know there was a couple of guys this year that got like really like, you know, got to that 15, 16 range or whatever it is, one less than you needed to before you got suspended. And they're like, all right, fine. I'll stop yelling at referees. My bad. <laughs> And it just goes to show how like um, how much more control they have when they need it. They just yell at them because they know they can type of thing and not and they're like, ah, I'll get a tag, whatever. All right. You're going to love mine. OK. I, <laughs> I think that the only guy that realistically has a chance of breaking this record is the guy that almost got suspended last year because of technical fouls. And that is one Luke and Dodge. My king. Yeah. Talk your shit, my king. I don't even know if he's talking shit. I think he's just running around complaining about stuff and the refs just get tired of it. And they're the like, biggest whiner uh, in the NBA. Go fuck tech, yourself, Gaff. Zach Lowe. Tee him up. He, <laughs> I think that if anyone actually has a chance of beating this, it's probably Luca. He might be entering this, the type of superstardom to where they'll stop giving him so many tees for all of the complaining, but he is right up there with anyone that's got a chance of actually breaking this record. Absolutely. And I love every <laughs> second of it. Um, no, but in, in all honesty, he, he has now developed the reputation among ref referees as the guy that, that can get a technical. Cause there's definitely like a list of guys that referees have that they just like, like there's a list of guys that they let argue beyond all like they just never tee up like LeBron. He yeah. can say whatever the hell he wants to referee. No one's ever doesn't came matter. Out. Yeah. And then there's a Chris list of guys. Yeah. There's a list of guys that like say one word and they get teed up immediately. And Luca has now found himself on that list. Draymond green, who I'll say I have as That's the guy who could probably beat this record is on that list. Where like, you look at a referee the wrong way you're teed it's over. Like the referees have really long leashes and really short leases, depending on like what list you're on. Luca is entering that realm of like superstardom to where like he can get he away might, with a little more. He might start to get away with a little bit more, but like, which is why I didn't pick him because I'm not going to lie. I was really thinking about it, but I was like, <laughs> I can't pick my third map <laughs> on this list. Um, but he is also entering that superstardom to where like he might start getting that longer reach. Whereas Draymond's not the super superstar that everyone else is. He, not anymore. But he never really was. He was he was a great player. I'm not saying he was a bad player. He just was never that LeBron level superstar to where like referees are gonna look at me like that's LeBron. I can't tee up LeBron. It's Draymond Green. I'll tee up the, I'll tee the fuck out of Draymond Green. Totally agree. My only thing with Draymond Green is I have never seen a role player. I mean, he's an all-star, but ultimately he's a role player 
run up to refs screaming in their face and get away with it more than Draymond Green. He deserves a hundred technicals per season for what he actually does, but they they just like let him go for some reason a lot of the time. And I think that the worse the Warriors get, which I don't know if they'll get worse, but I think the lesser his role is, the more likely he is to get teed up more often, which I think as he gets older, he's becoming a lesser role and the referees are going to be like, dude, you're not playing that much. Stop screaming. Dude, stop screaming at me. I'm going to tee you up. What are you talking about? Okay, I teed you up. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless, Luca's a great pick. If I I were to pick going forward, I would pick Luca because Luca again, just has that reputation and he he screams at referees a lot, man. He just loves racking up all the stats. Every stat that he could get high up in, he wants it. He needs it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So we have two more to go to. And these two are probably, we, we've mentioned some other really hard ones. These two are probably the two most iconic ones okay. going forward. Yeah. The next one is Bill Russell getting 11 rings as a player couple is a player coach but he has 11 rings that are classified as being a player yeah so who do you have as a a guy who could win 11 titles now again we're talking this is another one of those stats where it's like it's got to be a young guy it's got to be a young guy and i think it has to be a star i don't think like, <laughs> almost for a meme i thought about saying pat mccaw <laughs> <laughs> He's not even in the NBA anymore, but he's got, he's he's got three rings right now. He's got three rings. He's only like 26 right now. Pat McCaw was a bench player on the Warriors for a couple of years and then got traded to the Raptors right before they won one. And again, the Raptors won one out of kind of the blue. Yeah. So it was just like, oh wait, Pat McCaw's about to three (laughs) P. So like for the meme of it, I thought about doing that. Um, I think that it has to be a star. I think it has to be young. And I think it has to be a guy that is going to force his way into a superstar or a uh, super team situation. And I think that the most likely guy for that is Zion Williamson. Wow. Yeah. I think that's wow. That's a lot of moving parts here. It is. So I think that Zion already does not want to be in New Orleans. I think that's clear to everybody. I think it's clear maybe to not everyone. the New Orleans front office, but everyone else. I think they're all cued in on that. Um, I think he's going to force his way out. I think when he does get traded, he will get traded to another team that has some sort of star with it. And whether Zion is the best player or the greatest second best player on a team, I could see him going on a crazy run, kind of like this, where he has a chance at that, but he has to go to a team that actually has a chance when he gets traded. Cause you only have, I mean, when you're talking about 11 championships, you only have so many years in the NBA. Yeah. That, that's a very good point. And, and, and I've said this before on the podcast, Zion has the making to be the best Robin in the NBA. Kind of similar to Shaq where Shaq was like great on his own, but he never won on his own. He was the best being the Robin, you know, he was like, he was the best player for three and a half quarters, and then Batman took over and won the game. Okay, that I mean, that is fair. I would say that Shaq was the Batman on those Lakers teams. I mean, for three and a half quarters, sure, but Kobe took over in crunch time. Not every time, though. Most of the time. Okay, I get what you're saying, though. I, I totally understand what Zion you're saying. Zion has Shaq-like tendencies to where yes. like, he could be the Shaq that like jumps next to a a... a killer guard yeah and does some damage he also no. does have a lot of shack like tendencies yeah. just in general in general but regardless 
He just needs to find that guy because Brandon Ingram isn't the guy that's going to get in no, championship. So he's got to he's got to find a new pairing, and it it's written not in stone, but it's written you know at some point he will leave New Orleans. I don't think that's a like a crazy thing a crazy say. thing to say. Um, but uh, whether or not he ends up winning eleven titles, let's be honest, no one's going to win eleven titles, but he probably has a very good chance to do so. I have one. It's a young guy. He's been to a couple of conference finals before, and I have Jason Tatum. I really like that one. I really like that one. I thought about that quite a bit. To have the kind of success that Tatum already has in his young career just points to the kind of caliber of player that he is, which I think he's already a superstar player. He has been to the conference finals many times, so he knows how to win. This is actually, again, a conversation for another day. The Celtics are one of my sneaky good teams coming into next season. Yeah, I mean, he is, for a young guy, he has been a lot of places in the NBA in terms of, like, deep playoff runs. He's now been shown what it's like to, like, kind of suck and not mm. be on a great team. So he's he's got a lot of run in the NBA, and he's been in a lot of situations. Yeah. No, I, uh, I think that... The, the thing about Tatum that is different than the thing about Zion is Tatum, if he does it, will do it through the Celtics. Yeah. It, He's not I going mean, anywhere. The Celtics are never letting him go. Let him go. And the guy, the guy's only 23. Imagine how much that would piss off Laker fans. If Tatum went on and won 11 <laughs> championships. Oh, they, if they, if the Celtics had two guys that had 11 chips on their, like, like in their legacy, that'd be wild. That would be wild. But again, He's only 23, mm -hmm. so he, technically he's probably got another 15, 16 years left in the NBA barring injury. Yeah, and we're starting to see this now a little bit with the superstars, and I think we're going to see it more in the next couple generations is players are playing much longer than they ever have. I mean, science has gotten them to be able to take care of their bodies a yep. lot more. 100%. The NBA takes a lot less out of you like it's a lot less of a physical game so there's a lot less physical toll on you and now now the big thing is as long as you can stay away from like tearing your achilles tearing yeah, your acl tearing your hamstring as long as you can stay away from tearing like a big muscle or a big you know ligament Tendon, like yeah. that you can kind of have a very long career 100 percent. yeah totally agree and it, yeah if tatum can Keep it going. The Celtics have the kind of front office and dedication and longevity to have that potential thing happen. So Tatum is a great pick. I like that. Yeah. So we have, we, we have one more, and it's probably the most iconic NBA record in the history of the NBA records. And that is, and I'm sure a lot of you are picturing the image of Wilt Chamberlain holding up the number, you know, number 100, the, the number 100 in the locker room with his, all his teammates around him. It's a little like whiteboard with the number 100 on him. Wilt Chamberlain scoring a hundred points in a game, <laughs> which is wild. It is wild. So I have heard many different stories about, about what happened. So he was playing for the Philadelphia Warriors and I think it was the Philadelphia Warriors. It may have been the San Francisco Warriors. He was on the Warriors. It was the when Philadelphia they, Warriors, okay. and they were playing the New York Knicks. Okay, so he was on the Philadelphia Warriors when they moved to San Francisco, and that's when he became San Francisco Warriors. Anyways, so I've heard many different stories. Everything from like he he intentionally did it and mit and was like so much bigger and more athletic than everyone else on the other team that he was like missing shots, or he was like not missing shots on purpose, but he was like trying to go for a hundred and like not passing to anyone to also uh 
Oh, wait, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> Do you want me yes. to read off the box? Re- score? Read off the box score. Yeah. Okay. So Wilt went 36 for 63. So he made 36 shots on 63 attempts. So he, like 50% shooting, 57% shooting. Okay. He went 28 for 32 at the line. Good for 87 and a half percent on his way to a hundred points in a game where his team scored 169 points. So there was four other 10 point per game scores or higher. There was a guy who scored 27 or not a guy, a guy who scored 17, excuse me. Al Adels scored 17 that game. Al Adels. And then you had two guys that scored 16 and then a guy who scored 11 and then another guy who scored nine. And then that was it. No one else <laughs> scored. Um, so in a game that they won 169 to 147, Wilt Chamberlain had a hundred points. He also was nice enough to chip in 25 rebounds and two assists. There was also a guy, Guy Rogers, their point guard had 20 assists in that game. I wonder who he was passing to. <laughs> okay, so I remember what I was going to say. I apologize for the beer brain that I got earlier. But one of the like mythical things that they talked about this game is that the game actually did not finish. That as soon as he hit 100 points, the crowd rushed the state, like rushed the court, and there was still time left on the clock. And so he could have had more than 100 points. But as soon as he hit 100, they like all flooded the court. And the game like actually did not finish. So to rebut that a little bit, I that have, is one of the mythical things it's that a has been. Thing. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's have, a lot of mythical things I'm, thrown about. This I'm game. looking at the basketball reference box score, so this could be wrong, but it says that Wilt and Guy Rogers both played 48 minutes. Which honestly, which they could have just they, said. They could have just said. There's we a lot know. of stats that they're making up at that yeah. point. But anyways, the Knicks uh, got blown out by 20, and Wilt Wilt Chamberlain had a hundred points in a game so here's a fun fact i one time met a guy and i was talking and i was talking to him was at an airport he's very large human and i was wearing some like basketball thing asked if i played basketball like yeah he's like oh you should come to my my camp i was like okay cool he's like yeah you know i actually was on the other team when wilt scored 100 points do you know his name i don't know his name if i read it to you would you tell me i don't think i remember i don't think it was it richie gurin no, no, Gurren, about, actually, Gurren was really good. What about Cleveland Buckner? No, hold Dave on. Dave Budd? Maybe. Dave it was a center. Budd? It, was a, it would have been a center. Had 10 rebounds, led the team in rebounds. He was their backup center. Maybe it was Dave Budd. Shout out Dave, Dave Budd, Budd, man. He was, like, he was like, yeah, I was on the team when Will scored 100. I was like, that should not be the first thing you tell people. <laughs> <laughs> so just a couple of other records that happened in this game. He Wilt Chamberlain most set the record for most field goals made with 36, most field goals attempted with 63, most field throws, free throws made in a game with uh 28, most free throws made in a half with 22. So he was knocking down the free throws. Yes. Most field goals attempt in a half in a half with 37. Most points in a half, he had 59 in the first half. And most field goals attempt in a quarter with 21. Yeah, Wilt is wild, man. Wilt is like Wilt is just an absolute madman. And that's why it's like there's some of these stats that Wilt has. And I saw something the other day that was like the amount of 50 point games that people have had, whereas like second place was like, I don't know, like 20 or 30 50 point games. And Wilt has 118 of them or something like that. It's like the dude 
it was an absolute freak of nature in a time of basketball where they didn't even know what to do with a guy like that. And so that's when you come up with things like this 100-point game. I don't know if anyone touches it. Well, someone's got to touch it. And well, who do you have that's going to touch it? Who are you going to guess? All right. Let me look at my my list here. Um, I So I made a list and I had like all the stats and everything that came with it for reasonable expectations as to why I think this person could potentially break this record. The person I have is Damian Lillard. <laughs> <laughs> and here is the reasoning that I that I wrote down. Because he's a baller. That's it. That's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if you're talking about a guy that can put up fat stats that is kind of on a team that like would probably be in a close game and would just keep him in just to like keep scoring, it would be a guy like Dame. Yeah, I mean I, I don't fault your reasoning here and the reason no biasness at all. <laughs> no, but I really don't like this. The, there was one playoff game. I can't remember what game, but it was a game where like they were playing the nuggets and Dame just kept making three after three after three. And it was like, what is going on? And it's like, well, I could conceivably see him getting that hot for a game. Yeah. And if he did that for a game, I could conceivably see him getting to eventually 100 because I think he had 60 yes. in that game. Yeah. Yeah. If he's just like spends an entire game just doing that exact same thing, just being hot and the game just continued to be close and he just kept jacking it up and it kept going in. If there's a guy that's got a chance at this, it's Dame is one of them. Yeah. Because it was one of those things where he had like, 15 points in the first half and then the second half he was like you know what fuck this i'm gonna go off and just started banging down threes after three after three and i was like well he scored 45 or something like that in the <laughs> second half so conceivably if he had 55 in the first half he could get there but yeah so that's that's my boy all right who, who do you have i currently have the current nba leader for most points scored in a game which is devin booker oh like the current the current I was like, I was like, well, I, I don't think it's going to be Kobe. No, it's <laughs> Devin Booker who scored 70 points in a game way back when, you know what my favorite picture is as Devin Booker holding up the 70, like in, he a, game a, they lost. in a game that they lost in. <laughs> I was like, that is not a great look, Devin Booker. No, but that guy, if he's hot, there is no other, there's no stopping this guy when he's on. And he's proven that he could do it for a game. And he got to 70. I think he can get to 100. The question is the opportunity at this point. Does Chris Paul, does DeAndre Ayton eat into some of those 100 points? If the now, guy's on, absolutely not. <laughs> if he's cooking, both of them are like, dude, here. Keep going. I'll go stand in the corner. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's already proven 70. 70 is a whole nother benchmark that is just wild by itself. But if there is someone to get there, I think Devin Booker is definitely the one to get there. I would agree. And 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 that is that is why I picked him. Absolutely. Um, but that, that exhausts our list. Yes. That is the 10 most unbreakable records. I'm going to run through them. I'm not going to say who we had winning it, but I have... Michael Jordan doing it DPOY MVP and a scoring title in the same season. Scott Skiles, 30 assists in a game. AC Green, 1,192 straight games. Michael Jordan, 10, 10 scoring titles. Bill Russell, 11 rings. Wilt Chamberlain, 100-point game. Rasheed Wallace, 41 technicals in a season. <laughs> My favorite one. <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain, 55 rebounds in a game. Clay Thompson, 60 points on 11 dribbles. And Giff Rue... 0 for 20 on the line. 
So these are like the craziest of all of the crazy historical stats records that we came up with. There's a bunch of good ones. And I would recommend that you guys, if you're interested in this sort of thing, go and look them up because there are so many fun stats that the NBA has had. These are just the 10 that we decided were the most unbreakable and the ones we kind of wanted to talk about. Yeah, and, and and there's a couple more, and I I know we're long, but we're I'm gonna read them because some of All these right. are really right. really good. So the the couple that we we had a longer list that we were gonna read over, and I'm gonna read you guys the ones that we didn't pick. And right now, Wilt's 48.5 minutes in a game, which by the way, there's 48 minutes in a game, which so, means he played every single game and the overtimes of every single game for the whole season for the whole year. Uh, the quadruple double, which has been done four times, but. The quadruple double, which is 10 plus in four different stats. Uh, Michael Williams making 97 straight free throws. Um, Clay Thompson's 37 points in a quarter. Bubba Wells, who fouled out in two minutes and 43 seconds. I was going to pick Patrick Beverly for that, by the way. The 1990 Phoenix Suns scored 107 points in the first half of a game. <laughs> That's a lot. So they were up 107 to something at <laughs> halftime. Imagine they, being the other team. <laughs> 107 um, to 106. Clay Thompson, another one. He's he's a frequenter on this list. Made 14 threes in a game. Steph Curry could have beaten this several times, but Steve Kerr said no. He keeps pulling them. Um, Dwight time. Howard shot 39 free throws in a game. He didn't make them all, but he had 39 free throw attempts at least in a game. At least he go over 39. Elmore Smith had 17 blocks in a single game. That's a lot. Um, Vince Carter played 22 years in the NBA, which is a record 22 years as the longest career. The, uh, Bobcats had the worst win percentage of 10.6%. It was in a lockout year, so they didn't play a full 82 games, but they only had seven wins. Um, Dave Ellis, after five overtimes played 73 minutes in a game. Which is a lot of time. <laughs> a lot. That's probably double what the average person plays. And my personal favorite, Joel Anthony, played 29 minutes in a game without recording a point, rebound, assist, steal, or block. So he just ran around for 29 he ran minutes. He, he got a good cardio workout. He just went out there day. and got some cardio for about a half hour, and <laughs> that was about it. Imagine being like that. Like you spend like 10 like plus years in the NBA, and that's what you go down for being famous for. Is that Rip. what that was? Rip. <laughs> Rip Joel Anthony. Rip. But that that wraps up our list. That wraps up this podcast, man. Yes, it does. That was a fun one. We accidentally went over just by a little bit. So sorry that this is a long one. We thought it would be worth talking about all these crazy unbreakable stats. So we thought we'd do the unbreakable thing and break our record for the longest podcast. I think we, we did it. With. I think we did it. So shout out to Sierra Nevada, Hazy Little Things IPA. Great beer. Give it a try if you haven't had it already. Um, definitely worth the purchase. A super smooth and a super citrusy beer. Definitely uh, something that's worth trying out. But uh, cheers, man, to another podcast time. Cheers, buddy. <laughs> and the worst cheers ever. Keep that in. <laughs> <laughs>